Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the oxiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I am joined by my good friend, my confidant, uh, fellow blonde brethren, Patrick Mallon. <laughs> Patrick, how are you? Casey, I am fantastic. Wow. And you know why I'm fantastic? Why? Because it is a very special time of year for us. Uh oh, you're getting right into it. If you're if Well, I, I'm just so excited. You're so titillated, it's... you're peaking. Yes. <laughs> it's an exciting time. People people look forward to this time as much as Christmas and Halloween, they do. I would say. Yeah, people mark their calendars and this is something There's they, they look forward to. There's an kind of calendar leading up to <laughs> yeah. Fart House Erotica Month. Fart House Erotica, part two, part chapter two. five. Part I don't know why two, I came up with that. Chapter five, uh, <laughs> the edging. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, I requested to Casey before that he's going to drop in Careless Whisper. Every time uh, we mention Fart House Erotica, we'll play Careless Whisper. Yeah. <laughs> Play a little exactly. bit of music. There. It just seems it just seems so perfect. Absolutely. Like they they complement each other very well. So I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what day is today? Tuesday. I woke up this morning incensed that it was Tuesday. Oh, um, Patrick, you what I did you it did it feel be, more like a Wednesday to you? It felt more like a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a trash. Sometimes, yeah. like on Mondays, I'll be like, oh, the weekend's almost here. Like at the end of the workday on Monday, I'll feel like the weekend is approaching, and then I'll realize, oh my god, no, it's not. I'm a like idiot. subconsciously or you're, you're trying to be like positive. No, I like I I let my mind slip for a moment and I kind of am like grappling like where am I in the week? And I feel oh, emotionally that it's the end of the week. And then I look That's at a awful. calendar and I scream. Would you take a pill that would get rid of that feeling? Yeah. Stupefy me. me. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm lobotomize me. Lobotomize yeah, me. You know, I talk about lobotomies a lot and. Well, I don't know about that much, but I bring them up probably more than the average person. And I'm curious, like, what do they, I've never looked this up. Like, what do they actually do? Can you still I don't be know. your, can we do it voluntarily? Is I this don't know. Elective surgery we can do. I wonder. I'm really curious. I won't bore people looking it up now, but I'm going to look it up after this and I will get back to people on what, and if anyone Please knows do. what a lobotomy is, like exactly what it is. It's right into us. If you've been lobotomized, let us know how it is. We, we, yeah, if, you're, if you've gotten a piece of your brain removed, please call in to the show. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from yeah, you. And we want to see if this is something Patrick and I might be interested in. So it gets away from that, <laughs> that, that icky feeling in the beginning of the work week. Yeah, I, I'd like feeling things as long as they're good. As long as they're good and not negative yeah. including criticism or thinking someone's mad at you i don't know if that mm-hmm. if you ever have that feeling patrick uh yeah of that, course i hate that feeling yeah it's awful it's exhausting it's oh stressful. goodness yeah how, I, how are you doing <laughs> i'm uh i'm good i'm just you know i'm still brand new at my new job patrick it's basically been i've been at my new job about a week now and, and it's remote, right? Remote completely. Um, it's going How really is it well. Starting a new job remote. Odd. It was odd leaving a job remote. Mm-hmm. You know, being like writing in the Slack, bye everybody, and then logging <laughs> off and being like, <laughs> yeah. that was that. And then also starting because there's just a lot of like, you miss the in between sort of gluten of an office. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like the 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 sinewy texture that keeps everything together you know right the, the ligaments the, and the ligaments tendons. you're missing that stuff you don't get that on you know slack or whatever no. you know so it's been a little odd but actually people have done a pretty good job i've gotten a lot of i've talked to a lot of people on chats and calls and stuff and we've had a really good group meeting last week and it feels like i'm getting you know the lay of the land pretty well and people's cool. personalities how big is this stuff. The, 19, the company 19 uh, employees but okay it's a it's a happy little collective. Uh, Excellent. So yeah, it's going well. It's going very nice. well. I'm a little. Good, you know, when you start a new it. job, you're like, I'm worried I'm gonna do, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna mess something up that's unforeseen. You know, mm-hmm. you're just yeah, you're exactly. a little more anxious because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like that feeling. I like to be in complete no. control of every <laughs> aspect of my life. Yes, like we usually are. Yes, <laughs> I want to return to that because that's yes, exactly. Patrick. <sighs> Yes. Do we have any patrons we get to say how do you do to? We sure do. Who? First up, we have my sweet ma, me mom. Maj! 
Maj. We have Maj oh, Beth Mallon. Maj. From San Diego, Bless California. Her heart. <laughs> you know, yes. she follows Lazy Dolly, our dog, on Instagram. Oh, she does? Yeah. Do I you follow Bear? Do you follow Bear and his little buddy? Uh, I believe Dolly does. I'm not sure if I do, but Bear and okay. his little buddy. Do you know if Trisha does? Actually, I'm not sure if Dolly does. We got a mess, a very nice message from Bear and his little buddy on Instagram, and it warmed oh, that's my sweet. heart. Yeah. I don't good, know if it good. was Bear or his little buddy. Now, is the little <laughs> buddy, does that dog have a name? Yeah, his name is Buddy. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, those so are good it's kind dog of a, names. It's kind of a pun. Uh, in a way, yeah. I guess that would be. Well, uh, Maj, yeah, and- thank you. A supportive person to us personally. You probably a little more than me, but also of <laughs> as the far podcast. As I know, but I don't know what relationship you have. Yeah, Maybe you guys. I, um, love Maj. Love her to death. <laughs> so happy she's supporting the show. And what's her fate? What's her art house movie? The Grand Budapest Hotel. I love that movie. Fantastic. Which I think we did before for a, another did. patron, I don't Joey what the score I don't was. I'm going to give it a a five. Just a five. I think we went higher last did time, we? but I'm gonna, so I'm going to give it a 6.1. Well, it had, it might have, the test might not have been recalibrated recently. So it has been recalibrated <laughs> since then. So It might have been out of whack. It might have been out of whack, shooting numbers in all sorts of directions. So I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, so thank you, Maj. Thank, thank you, Maj. you for supporting. Want to see you soon. Uh, yes. Uh, and then we have uh, jo- <laughs> Joey Daddy Boy and his, my cousin Joe Riley. Joe, Joe Riley. D- oh, Joey yeah. It's Dad a family Boy. affair this week, Patrick. Uh, and then his wife, Margaret, ah. and their little baby, Annie. Oh, didn't Annie sponsor a show at one point? Annie sponsored an episode, yes. We when like she Annie was about a lot. Three weeks old. Okay. She- I love to hear that. You got to start the kids young with art house cinema. Um, Joey, yeah. what, what's jo- I'm curious. What is Joseph's uh, art house movie? Of Joseph's course. and the Riley clan's favorite is hunt for the wilder people from Taika. Ah, I like that movie a lot. It's very yeah. sweet. Do you like Taika mm-hmm. Patrick? Uh, his estimation in my view, it has been plummeting. Whoa. Uh, plummeting yeah. since when Jojo rabbit. <sighs> I, I kind of, yeah, to be honest, I like Jojo Rabbit. I don't love it. Um, Does your opinion, is your opinion of him affected by how attractive he is and how attractive women find him? <laughs> I'd be lying if I said That played no, no part? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that played no part. It definitely probably plays, there's probably a little bit of resentment sure. there for how handsome and successful yeah. he is. Well, th- those people are the real And enemies. apparently he's in some sort of cool thruple. I've seen um, those pics with him yeah, and uh, Rita Oro and uh, Tessa Thompson. Seems fun yeah, making out with both of them on some <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, poolside area. It seems cool. Yeah, which is very, ap- I mean, we won't uh, jump the gun here, but that kind of. It is. That's uh, apropos considering what we're going to be discussing today. This yes, yes. Well, three thank you, situation. Joe and the Riley clan. We yeah, really appreciate so the support. Thank you so much. And if Joe, you want Margaret, baby Annie, thank you. Especially oh, they Annie. listen from Nashville, Tennessee. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, if you want to become one of like these cool people that we mm. just were talking about, go to Sorry, Patreon. Sorry, we didn't score Hunt for the Wilder People. We were derailed oh, by yeah. Taika. I'll give that a 3.5. Okay, I'm going to give it a 4.8. That's too high. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, if you want to become one of these cool people, go to patreon.com slash pod. Join the convo. There's some cool stuff. You can see Patrick's cameo that was sent to Patrick by James Kennedy from Vanderpump Rules. And who doesn't want to see that? But you have to be a Patreon (laughs) member to see it. It's pretty funny. And like Patrick and I both agreed on our independently, it's sadder than we remembered that video. It's pretty sad. But it's still fun. My brother Jeffrey messaged too. He was like, it's even funnier than I. It's just so ridiculous oh. and strange and it's like a whole other did i tell universe. you that trisha bought me a cameo i don't think she did you, yeah i don't think you know who the person is but i was very oh. excited it, who is it it's uh the winner of love island australia her name is <laughs> tina and she's filipino and the guy she's with is white so they're like the 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 less hot version of trisha and casey we like to right. say but it was still exciting to hear like they're the Her discount given, version of Trisha and yes. Casey. <laughs> he, it was exciting for Tina to give me a message uh, on Cameo. It's a pretty cool. It was exciting. Did her beau join in? No, to, he did not. But and was this for your birthday? It was. Is but, this? Could we post this too? Sure. Yeah, I'll post this. Cool. <laughs> it's not very. It's not very funny. Uh, but if 
see the thing about like Love Island is very popular in the UK. It's like right. huge there. Like the winner, Millie. I so also is this love, love Island Australia or Love Island UK? Love Island Australia is the one I got the cameo okay. for. Okay. And it's so much less popular there. Like if you're the winner of Love Island UK, you are like one of the most famous people in their country. It's huge. It's that big? It's huge. Millie Would has you say two it's, million it's bigger followers. than The Bachelor it is, or Bachelorette It is, here. much okay. bigger. But like in the UK or in the, in Australia, it's not that big of a deal at all. So it was just mm. kind of funny that we were able to get. So she was she was a, a little bit of an easier get. Yeah, a, I think it wasn't that. Her much schedule money wasn't either. quite yeah. as booked up as the winner of. Love I don't Island think the UK. winner of Love Island UK would even be on Cameo. That's like how big they are. Wow, it's crazy. That's wild. Anyways, let's move on. Patrick, five star reviews, none. Mm. Sorry to report. Oh, which reminds me. Uh, so folks may or may not have seen this, but on we have most. Like, oh, I forgot about just, this. Barely, most of our listeners are Apple Podcasts, but coming in a very close second place, like Spotify? 2% behind, is Spotify. And Spotify has started a ratings feature. Oh, I need so, to go on there and search this out. Yes, yeah, so please go into your Spotify app and rate us five stars. We're at 4.7 right now, which is very distressing because all I can think about is who didn't who did give that? us five stars and what did we do wrong? I don't mind... If someone was like, gave us like a one star because they were like woke, libs, hated, mm-hmm. like those kind of reviews, they come. They do. Yeah. But someone who like would be in our listening audience is like, mm, they're not great. Four. That yeah. hurts. If you're thinking of doing four, just don't either. Don't, no, if actually, you're thinking of doing four, just rate five. Just do it. What's yes. it going to hurt you? If you can't <laughs> say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And that yeah. is specifically pertains to us and getting yes. reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The, so. the very sensitive people. We yes, are. we're very sensitive. <laughs> Patrick, Letterboxd yes. Rundown, how's your week? Very underwhelming. Uh, partially because we recorded late last week and then also That's because... That's right. We recorded on Thursday with our friend, my friend Logan and that was a long episode. That was our, that yeah. was our longest episode ever. It was, but we are getting extraordinary. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been getting extraordinary feedback, feedback from people. Great on that. feedback, yes. Uh, that story, I would like to say, if you haven't listened, to, if you're just joining us for the first time ever, right now listening to this podcast, go back and listen to the Reservoir Dogs episode because Casey tells one of the greatest stories that people are saying is the Zola of our time. Yes, it. I mean, it, the story is like an hour long. It's an in-depth story, you know. Yeah. Have you considered making it, making it into a screenplay? Uh well, Logan already wrote it into a screenplay. No, I'm just joking. Oh, that well, that was oh. the, that was part of the story. You remember he looked at his college. He wrote oh, a, yes, a small yes, script. Yes, that's um, right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Maybe it's it, that that type of story. I'm not that interested in telling. Even though it doesn't it is inspire an, you as much yeah. as other you know projects. what I mean. Okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, I understand uh, that. Well, go off, King, about your. Letterbox rundown. I had a pretty oh, good yeah, week. Yeah, I completely forgot what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, and then we also uh, finished the letter jacket, the letter jackets, yellow jackets series ah, that good. took some time. People like it. All this to say, just watched one. Um, was just feeling um, Big Lebowski. He been on the brain lately. So Leah and I um, went for a long had run she seen on it Saturday. Before? She had, but not in a long time. I had seen it more recently than her, and I've seen it so many times. It's it's like watching. Was it still fun to a watch Seinfeld though? episode? It was, yeah. And it, everything still slaps, as you, they say. It still slaps. We say that all the time. There's always uh, something you kind of like forget. Yeah, yeah. There's something you forget, or something that you latch onto in subsequent viewings that you find funniest. Like I always found Brant to be really funny, but this time I found Brant Philip Seymour Hoffman's character to be like the absolute star. Of the movie, I, I there's so many things where you're like, oh, that's why that happened because the plot is so confusing. That right, movie that's requires a rewatch. Like people yes. who don't like that movie, I'm like, you do have to see it twice or three times to like. Did it. Did you like it the first time you saw I it? I don't remember, but I'm not surprised that people were vexed by it the first time. They yeah, saw I it. didn't like it the first time I saw it. I think I was like 14. Yeah, you and wouldn't get uh, it. I had seen other Coen Brothers movies, and so I was expecting. You know, I I had seen weirdly, I, I loved Barton Fink, and I loved hmm. Oh Brother Art Thou, and some of those other movies from around the 90s but uh, but big lebowski kind of flummoxed me so yeah anyways that's that's all i got to watching this weekend hopefully this will be a little bit better what about you what'd you get up to okay so, okay this weekend i watched three movies um two of them i really liked one of them was okay uh i watched the celebration which is a thomas vinterberg movie have you seen this same no, director but is that as- on criterion channel mm, i don't know we direct we rented it from videotech it might be okay Maybe that's what because I just got an email from Criterion Collection. It was just released, I think, on oh, Criterion. Oh, really? It's Blu-ray, great. Yeah. It is phenomenal. Okay. It's more I disturbing to... than 
another round, but it it's good. It feels like the same director, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to ask you, as soon as you mentioned you watched it, because one thing that, to be honest, kind of put me off when I started... I had known this about Thomas Vinterberg, that he was kind of a Dogma 95 guy. That makes but, you think uh, that he's like, I agree with you 100%, Patrick, I, and I support what you're saying, because I was okay. I was you once. I um, <laughs> it, But because I thought like, oh, is this like Lars von Trier bullshit? It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. at all. It feels, even though it follows like Dogma 95 rules, it is funny. Like and with absolute fealty, or does it have some exceptions? Fealty. Wow. I think it's the hmm. ultimate example of a Dogma 95 film. I think it's the first Dogma 95 film, actually. Oh, okay. And you found it enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was great. Cool. Only a really, it's like a Steven Soderbergh movie in quality. You know, it was like shot on digital, but it's mm-hmm. great. It's really good. Okay. I'll check Highly it out. Was re- Lucy there when you went to rent it? No, she wasn't. She's been absent from my videotech visits the, as of late. Mean, how, any the updates mean on the mean team has not been there. Um, and uh, whose name is also Casey, right? Or his is name it just is Case? Case? Yeah, hard Case. to say. If, I don't know if it's Casey though. I'll have to do some more research on that. Anyways, okay. then rewatched a movie that I loved so much as a youth, and I enjoyed watching it again. Mall Rats. I loved it. Love Mall Rats. It was so great. I really enjoyed it, and it was. A bl- I haven't seen that in a long time. We watched the Blu-ray version. Also, that movie was shot in Minnesota. It was. Yeah, it was at the Eden Prairie Mall. Cool. Um, and then I watched Scream 4, because that's the only Scream I haven't seen yet besides the newest one, and I just wanted to watch it, and it was fun. How is it? It was fun? I was listening Better back three. to... So I don't have Apple Podcasts. I did not have Apple Podcasts, and then I downloaded it today finally so I could listen to our backlog of Patreon-exclusive episodes. So I was listening to our Scream episode. Yes. And hearing you describe Scream 3 made me want to... I mean, at the time, I remember being excited about seeing Scream 3 after hearing what you had to say, but now I really want to prioritize watching Scream 3. Uh, they're all fun. I would say Scream 4 out. is better than Scream 3. Scream 3 okay. leaves... The the ending is like, huh. Yeah. Oh. But you did say if you don't think of it as the end of a trilogy, yeah. it's it makes it's it a little better. better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I thought Scream 4 was pretty good, too. And cool. uh, I'd say Scream 4... This might be outrageous. It might be my second favorite Scream. Hmm. I might that doesn't not seem gonna... outrageous. I mean, Scream 2 is pretty silly. Scream 2 is... I did not find that good. Uh, yeah. Scream 4, I thought was pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Um, Excellent. That's it, Patrick. It's time nice. to move on to the rest of the show. <laughs> Very good. Like I said, the time show. <laughs> I don't know any of the words of that song. Except I think he says guilty feet have got no rhythm. Guilty feet have got th- no rhythm. <laughs> I think. Hold on. Let me see if that's what guilty it is. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Yeah. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Interesting. Odd. I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm, though it's easy to pretend. I know you know. What does that mean? Guilty feet have no Like if you're guilty, you can't have. Have good rhythm. I disagree. I feel like the guilty are having fun on the dance floor all the time. <laughs> Patrick. Man, if only you had been there to tell George Michael. George, <laughs> we got to talk. Patrick. Yeah. Why are, what are we doing right now with this show? Where are we? I know we well, teased it at the top, but. We're about to dive into a little, uh, a little something we like to call Farthouse Erotica. We are going to immerse ourselves Throughout the month of February. Yes. In some of the sauciest. Sexiest. Uh, sexiest. Tingliest. Moistest. Uh, movies. Hardest. Hardest. Is that too far? Uh, throbbingest. Movies throbbingest. Out That's there. a good one. Yeah. We're talking erotica, which, mm-hmm. Patrick, I'm ecstatic with the movie that we chose <laughs> to kick things off. It doesn't get any better than this. It's art no, house. It's kind of. It's It's perfect. the pinnacle. It is yeah. the, uh, yeah, it's the paradigm, frankly, of, uh, is that the right word? No. No, I think paradigm, paradigm? works. Paradigm? Okay. Paradigm shifting means you're sh- you're moving away from the... Yeah, this is... This maybe is, it's paragon? I don't know. But it's huge. It's huge! And because it has so yeah, much of the things we love about Art House Erotica. It mm-hmm. has unsimulated sex. It has an exorbitant runtime. 
it has odd editing choices. It just has it yes. all. Non-linear storytelling. Non-linear storytelling. It has it all. And we are talking about Gaspar Noé's Love. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Fantastic. We will subject <laughs> this movie, like all of our movies, to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. We're going to have to recalibrate the fartsy test because it's going to be sopping wet. <laughs> At the end of this month. <laughs> Patrick. We're going to leave it to hang it out to dry. Got to hang it out to dry. Turn on the hand dryer and let it just rock in front of it. Uh, Patrick, do you own this movie and have you seen it before? I do not own it and I have seen it before. When did you see it? And sub question, what's your relationship with the director, Gaspar Noé? Okay. Excellent. Fantastic. Beautiful throbbing Thank questions. You. I'm just going to keep saying throbbing throughout yeah. the rest of the episode. Um, rest of the month. Rest of the month. There's the th- <laughs> it's going to be the month of throbs. Uh, so the first time I saw this was actually just a year ago. Oh. And I saw it um, via, you know, certain web means. The dark web? The dark web and streamed it via my Plex media server. That was the first time I saw it. And um, I was trying to close the gaps in my Gaspar Noé filmography viewing. Yes. I don't know how to phrase that. But anyways, I'd seen all of them except for Climax and and Love. And so that was the first time that I'd seen it. It was last year. Uh, I can't remember the first. I think the first Gaspar Noé movie I saw was Irreversible, which I think was a lot of people's introduction to Gaspar Noé, which, of course, is very famous for a lot of awful sort of reasons, like the content of that yeah. movie. Have you seen Irreversible? I have. I've seen and Irreversible, you... and I've seen Enter the Void, which I think okay. I saw Enter the Void first, and then I've seen Love. Those are the only three I've seen. Okay. So I've seen all of those. Enter the Void, I've seen twice, and I saw it at midnight at the New Art Theater, and it really captured me. I remember thinking I was going to hate it, which is maybe why I liked it more than I thought you it would. You truly because entered the void. You went inside I entered the, the void. void. The premise, you know, this sort of like central gimmick of having a POV sort of- Entire movie from someone's entire, POV. Yeah, the entire movie being from the point of view of basically a spirit did not appeal to me. It sounded like it would be frustrating and disorienting. And it was disorienting and it was frustrating. But I thought that it was everything else around it was done so well that yeah. it, it worked. Um, and then the one his first movie was this movie called I Stand Alone. Yes, I've heard of it, haven't seen. That is a movie that I cite as being... Perhaps the most uncomfortable and disturbing movie experience. It's it's one of the I've seen a wow. lot of gross, uncomfortable, weird, dark, disturbing. You specialize in it. I specialize in it. And there was something about I Stand Alone. I was I remember I was watching it with my friend Mac. I had gotten it on Netflix on DVD, and I was over at his house and we turned it on. And it was just like it's it's almost like there's movies with more offensive content, but the way that it's presented is so glum and so bleak and so like nihilistic. It's yeah. just like not we actually turned view. it off. You <laughs> turned it off. Yeah, it's the wow. I can't remember the last time I turned a movie off, and I, so I actually have not even seen the end. Of it was I a Stand turn off, and then you turned it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. like a Seinfeld cadence. And I, I right kind of want to revisit it to see what it like. Maybe it was just the the headspace I was in, or like what it, was it about? I like because people ask me like, what was it about? I stand alone compared to other things that you had seen that was so. What was it that was so offensive to your constitution about I stand alone? And I can't pinpoint anything in particular. I think it was just the amalgam of the offensive things, the bleakness, the. Just the, Do you feel like ugh. Mac was bringing in an especially dark energy and that's why your movie viewing experience was bad? <laughs> no, no. Mac and I watched a lot of very, very dark I see. movies together, which was why it was kind of surprising that we were both kind of on the same Wavelength. page with uh, with I Stand Alone. We were both just like, this is this is too much. Because we Mac and I would seek out like yeah. the most fucked up shit That's a imaginable. young man's game. The it's young a young man man's game. Love to seek out the disgusting. <laughs> so I'm curious to watch I Stand Alone again. And anyways, then you know I like Enter the Void. Finally, I watched Climax, which I like too. So I, I like. How would you rank them? Go. Uh, ooh, very good question. I'd say Enter the Void. One. Irreversible. Climax. Nah. Let me put Love over Climax. Then no. Climax, Love, and I Stand Alone. Wow. Am I missing one? Fascinating, Patrick. Yeah. I Gaspar Noé. He's one of those like he's like the shot. One of those. Enfant terrible 
he's a provocateur. He's a provocateur. He's a shock jock. And I feel like his movies are, in some ways, very gimmicky. Enter the Void, Mm -hmm. like you said, is from someone's POV. Irreversible is a movie backwards. Like, the last scene of the movie is the first one you see. It's told Mm -hmm. backwards. And even the credits, like, you see the credits first. Like, they roll up. And there's a truly horrific rape scene in that movie. Yes. And that's also known for that. And so I just am and like... And the fire extinguisher scene where oh they beat God. the guys there's head with the fire. There's some crazy violence in that movie that's really yeah. just upsetting. So I feel like he was always kind of gimmicky and I was kind of like, I don't like this guy. And so that's kind of where I've been with him. And then, and then you know, you hear he's like making a movie with unsimulated sex. You're like, of course he is like that yes. makes total sense that he's doing that. So, <laughs> and we should point out this movie was actually filmed in 3d. Oh, I forgot and, about that. Yeah. The did, movie I did filmed not in watch 3D. it in 3d. Did not have and the glasses neither. or the TV screen to do. So. I don't know if it's been released on home video in 3d. I think it was just a theater experience, but something that's just like the most French thing of all time. All of the 3D cameras, all the 3D equipment was subsidized and funded by the French government. Sure. <laughs> Let me give you a brief synopsis of this movie. Uh, okay. Wait, before you continue, okay. uh, do you did you like Irreversible or Enter the Void? I did not like Irreversible. I did enjoy Enter the Void. It was. Did you see it in theaters or at home? I think I saw it at home. Okay. In theaters, it was a very. I liked Enter the Void. Um, impacting, impactful experience. Irreversible. It's just so upsetting that I just was like, I, it's hard. It's like, yeah, it's too gimmicky or something. Mm-hmm. I think I need to watch it again because I remember it so vaguely and it might it might change. I want to watch Irreversible and I Stand Alone again, which sounds like a really awful time. But I'd like Don't to be able to, to yourself, accurately, Patrick. You're in a much <laughs> like happier to accurately place. convey how I feel about Gaspar Noé's filmography. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a brief synopsis here. Do not interrupt okay. until I am finished. Murphy, played by Clark, Carl Glusman. Who knows? You wouldn't know him. He's in the show Devs for a short period of time. He's in, He's Am- in Neon Demon and oh, Nocturnal right, Animals. Right. So some fartheads might have seen he him. He plays an American cinema student in Paris. And he has a son and a partner, which is kind of a life that he hates. He kind of hates his partner. I don't know if they're married, but he he loves his son, but he's just like, oh my God, I hate my life. He gets Mm -hmm. a call from an ex-girlfriend's mother saying that the ex-girlfriend hasn't had contact with the mother uh, in several months. The mother is like, I don't know where my daughter is. The daughter is played by Aomi Muyak. Again, you would not know who she is. Uh, This sends Murphy on kind of a- This was her big screen debut. It was her debut. I think she was a model. Uh, But this- phone call kind of sends Murphy on an internal memory trip down memory lane and he remembers the relationship with Electra in a non-linear fashion. It's kind of like a maternal central of the spotless mind where he remembers the latest thing first and then he kind of goes back to the beginning of the relationship in his mind and mm-hmm. a lot of these memories involve hardcore unsimulated <laughs> sex with Electra and others and that's yes. the movie. Lots. Did of you sex see how scenes. long the the script was? Allegedly, the the script was seven pages, <laughs> and this was directed by Enfant Terrible Gaspar Noé in 2015. Um, like Patrick said, Muyak and this other woman who plays another lead. Uh, her name is Clara Kristen. They were both discovered in in the club by Gaspar Noé, which I'm like, what club? What were you doing? You dirty little perverts. <laughs> Wait, is Gaspar Noé in this? Does he play? He the, plays um, the art the art gallery owner, right? Who's the ex boyfriend of Electra? Yes, right? yes, that's right. Um, so we see, assuming that's Gaspar Noé's penis, we see Gaspar Noé's penis. I don't think we do. No, we do at one point. Oh, we do? Uh, I feel like yeah. it wasn't his for some reason. I just feel like he won't whisk off. That would be so hypocritical, it dude, would. if he makes everyone else get naked and up. he doesn't get naked. <laughs> Gaspar Noe plays a character named Noe in the movie, and there is a the little baby boy of the main character is named Gaspar. So I don't really know what to make of that. Patrick, I'm going to say something up front. Okay. This is my fa- favorite Gaspar Noe movie. Really? Yes. Now... That doesn't mean I loved the movie, but I liked the conceit. Uh, I liked the way it was shot because, mm-hmm. like, each scene, and this is sort of uh, this sort of reminded me of Jim Jarmusch's Stranger Than Paradise, where mm-hmm. each scene is just one shot. Basically, they break the rule a right. few times, but and and there's a lot of editing, and like, it'll cut to black for like a second, and then go back to a scene that happens over and over again. But each scene is just a shot. 
and there's not think, coverage. And I thought that was cool. I liked that. Me too. That drew me in. And I think it helped what, I mean, I don't know if everyone would agree on this, but I think it helped what otherwise could be, and still is kind of a uh, slow pace, kind of sloggish sort of art house film. I think it helps make it seem a little bit more dynamic by breaking it up that way. And you kind of, yeah. it kind of like, it does something in your brain where you're like, it like resets your brain real quick and you're like ready for the next the next scene all of his movies though i feel like i feel so exhausted by the end of them and this was no different this was i i feel like i could have cut 40 minutes out of this movie (laughs) don't you think i think you probably could cut at least 20 i could cut 40 snip 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 Uh, i do think if you cut 40 it it wouldn't it wouldn't uh deprive the film of any of its maybe we were supposed to be emotional resonance but by the end oh i think absolutely i mean do you think this is a question we've asked before on this podcast of other filmmakers? And do you think that he is trying to wait? Is this is this a retired fartsy question? I think this might be a retired what? question. Is the filmmaker trying to torture yeah, us? Yeah, it is. But we can we can bring it back. Yeah, do want, let's talk about that now since we have a whole bunch of other things. In the yeah, test. I think in some ways I think he is trying to wear you down, like this relationship because this relationship the movie is about like the dis- dissol- the dissolution of a relationship and mm-hmm. uh those can be tiring and exhausting and i feel like yeah. we're, as the viewer we're supposed to sort of feel that because they're getting so many fights over and over again and you're just like oh my god help me yeah. get me out of this horrible situation and i think the answer to that question basically like you just said it's it's kind of complex because i don't think he's trying to be overtly antagonistic or really trying to like make us like be annoyed or in pain, but is trying to say something very specific about, uh, you know, the topography of a relationship like this. It did remind of me of in the realm of the senses relationship, mm-hmm. or I felt the same way as in the realm of the senses, like being tired and being like, Oh God, like surrendering, yeah. you know? And yeah. I also like the idea that he's just, <laughs> I think part of what makes me like Gaspar Noé a little bit more too is like people get so irritated with him, and then so that kind of makes me want to like like him, <laughs> be on his side a little bit more. It's just I, like because he triggers people. He does. <laughs> we love triggering the loose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say though, this even though there's hardcore unsimulated sex, I feel like this is his least provocative film. Oddly enough, it's just a relationship story. You know, there's mm-hmm. not any murder or rape. Or horrible, violent crimes. It's kind of just a relationship story, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I, yeah. I liked it for that very reason. I agree with that. I One thing that I was thinking about a lot throughout the movie and upon for reflection, reflecting on the movie is, is this, would you say that this is a pornographic film? And what is pornography? What's that quote? One sec. Yeah, the Supreme Court said something like, you know it when you see it. Uh, Yeah, in 1964, Justice Potter Stewart tried to explain hardcore pornography or what is obscene by saying, I shall not today attempt further to define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced, but I know it when I see it, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I... You know what? We're we're libertines on this show. We we enjoy <laughs> yes. we enjoy the erotic and sexuality. I did not feel okay. I felt like when you say pornographic, I take that to mean excessive and unnecessary to the plot or okay. the greater theme of the film. This movie, and they say it in the movie, which Gaspar Noe, he could have helped use some help with the dialogue of this movie because it is bad. Yeah, well, it was all improvised. So. Oh, it was? Okay, but he mm-hmm. was like, I want to make a sentiment. The filmmaker, Murphy, in the movie says, I want to make a sentimental sex movie. No one oh, is doing now, that. Now, that reminds me. Let's Wait, go let down me just finish Murphy. my. Let me just okay, finish okay. my thought here. Yeah. And go, I go feel like game. this is a sentimental sex movie, and it's about mm-hmm. sex. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense. And the intimacy of the bedroom. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense to me that there is hardcore, uh, non-unsimulated sex in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say no on the pornograph question. I agree with you. I think to, I think where, by your definition, I think definitely no. I think if you get in the definition of 
And even actually by this definition, I think no, because I don't think it's the sole intention of the movie. But I think if you go by the definition of the sole intention is uh, for sexual arousal, it's intended to induce sexual arousal. Well, ding, 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 mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. did you did you watch it with Trisha? No, I watched it alone. Oh, you watch it alone? Door locked, volume all the way down. <laughs> Wait, I can't, are you being serious? Or are you joking? I did not watch it with Trisha. I watched it in my okay. office with my and headphones you on. What's your door locked? Door was not locked. <laughs> she could have come in at any time, but she didn't. But you you find this to be a sexy eru- oh, like was it's it titillating? Sexy as hell. It yeah. was hot. I agree. It was I think this is titillating. A, this is the fifth Fart House Erotica movie we've done, and this is the first one that's legitimately sexy and hot. And it's I like, will oh my say, god. Though, much like in the realm of the senses. It, you become numb to the sex scenes after a while. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> there. Well, that's your journey, Patrick. But I just this is the like... movie where I'm putting my where I'm on my phone the least. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what a phone is by the end yeah. of this movie. <laughs> I mean, I try. I usually try and put my phone in the other room when I'm watching anything. I think I had my phone out this time. Didn't even bother to look at it. So much going on. Didn't the screen, even touch man. it. Yeah. <laughs> just so much art. <laughs> The yeah, plot was so thick, you couldn't yeah. look away. Well, it was funny because it was like time for a. Se- it was like kind of set up like a porn where it's like time for a sex scene now. And that is when I went to the bathroom one time. I was like, I'll just let this play. I don't need to see all of this. And uh, the sex did scenes you go were back? long. Did you rewind when you got back? No, hmm. it was towards the end. Mm, where okay. were we? Yeah, it's sexy. It was hot. They had hot yeah. people in this movie. Extremely hot, sexy people. And uh, on that note. Actually, there's not necessarily that much relation to what I want to talk about right now. So I really want to talk about the character of Murphy. Murphy, our main character, a film student, not unlike me, unlike me, having gobbles of sex while at studying so at much sex. And I want to. I know that there's there's some of this is sort of the folly of youth, and it's just like it's youth, it's alcohol, it's yeah. drugs. It felt like a very young a. A movie about young people. Yeah, it felt very much like a movie about young people, which it is. However, Murphy was just such an insufferable asshole. Yes. That this didn't impact whether or not I liked the movie. In fact, I I found it to be really interesting. And especially considering the fact that he seems to have been modeled after Gaspar Noé himself, who is very... Gaspar Noé is very frank about what it means to be an artist and a filmmaker and how that can affect you uh, romantically and socially. And he has quotes about like, kind of like, you know, he can get girls more easily because of who he is. And Murphy, I just found to be so insufferable for so many reasons, but especially when he would just like tell people that he was a filmmaker. Yeah. Like he would just go up to people and go, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And it's, he had done nothing. Like there was nothing. He was in film school, but just say you're in film school. And then I hated, uh, he had all these posters around. And I mean, yes, I, I think maybe it's, yes. I think I'm projecting here too, Casey. I think I'm yes. talking about things that maybe I. Do you see yourself? I think there's Murphy? elements that I saw myself in. And wow. I think, I think Murphy went for it and I didn't go for it. I thought about going to film school and didn't go to film school and uh, Murphy went for it. And so I think maybe there's part of it that's like, well, but he also is just so awful. He, he says is. such awful things to Electra like- and he's a. I cheating, like, gross piece of shit. I feel like Gaspar Noé wasn't saying he was good, though. I didn't feel like he, no, like, no. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think he it was is critical irritating, of Murphy. and he gets more and more like it's. I thought it was kind of an interesting. I think Murphy's kind of a pathetic, yeah. character, and I don't think Gaspar Noé is trying to show Murphy as anything other than kind of a lame douche. Maybe he's looking at him through a little bit more sympathetic lens than. I, but I here's what I thought as, was but... interesting, because as the movie starts, you're like, I sympathize with this guy. Like, he's the hero of this movie. He doesn't like his life. I sympathize with him in a lot of ways. Like, I don't want to be with this woman I'm with. I miss the woman I love. I'm like, like, you feel for him as a character. But mm-hmm. as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, that was that was kind of fucked up that he did that. Oh, that was fucked up. You start mm-hmm. to sympathize with him less. And so by the end of the movie, you're like... I don't feel bad for this guy at all. And I yeah. thought that was kind of a funny kind of conclusion to come to at the end. You mm-hmm. know, it kind and of made things easier in a way. 
And it f- sort of felt like growing up at, in a way, yeah, you know? It did. I think that's a really good way to describe it. And I think it doesn't matter what Electra did or how she behaved in the relationship. It doesn't matter like what kind of things she did or what she said to him. There's no excuse for how he behaved or how, yeah. what the things that he said to her. There's just no excuse. And he's I think, really awful. And I mean, he's really mean. He's and just she like, did oh my some God. kind of bad stuff, but not really. It was really like, cause the beginning of the movie, you're I don't like, think she said anything nearly as mean as he said to her. He called her a venomous cunt. At I, one point. you, you at the beginning of the movie, you're like, wow, I want to hear how this relation, how did this relationship fall apart? And then you like, at the beginning, you think it's going to be like, she did something. To, you kind of get the sense that it's like, oh, she did something to fuck it up. She was messed up. But as it goes on, you're like, oh, wait, no, he did. And maybe that yeah, was sort like of his, his realization. Every step of the way. <laughs> maybe that was his realization as a character. It's like, oh, wait, I fucked this up. And this was actually bad. And we probably wouldn't even be together now. I think that's a, it's something I hadn't even actually really thought of. I think I wow. just, I couldn't see him as anything other. Like, he just seemed like. It was kind of like I thought a little bit about like a sort of, you know, white people problem sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't th- I think those movies are OK to make. Like, I understand those kind of movies get a lot of criticism because they're not like real problems. Yeah. But I, I still think you can make movies about those things. And those are feelings yeah. and valid emotions that people have. But I just I was I was so alienated him from the end. I almost didn't see him being capable of that kind of self-reflection because he was so inside of himself yeah he was so focused on himself for the previous two hours i was like i don't think he's reflecting on anything but maybe you're right that's kind of why i liked it because i'm like oh i was like this i wasn't as awful as him but i was sort of a selfish and like person and thought of your life as like an art and like everything Mm -hmm. like everything is so important and like this person was the love of my life and then when you open it up you're like oh wait actually we didn't get along that well and we probably would have broken up anyway like that sort of self-reflection he's not ready to do that yet but i think there will be a time when he will. And so it's an interesting title that it's called love because he's kind of pining over this true love of his life. But you see the relationship and you're like, you two are awful together. Yeah. And, Cause you well, kind he's of clearly a sort of love addict kind of guy. I mean, yeah. he has those tendencies, but like you think the way that's set up, it's like, I wish I was still with Electra. The only reason I'm not is because I got this other girl pregnant. And then mm-hmm. you like, as the story evolves, you're like, well, that is why you kind of ended up breaking up, but there's no way you two would still be together. And if exactly. you had, it would have been bad, you know? Don't you think the arc, bend to- the arc bends towards him feeling this way, no matter who he ends up with? Absolutely. Like, no matter who he ends it's up like with, Patrick, he would feel It's like, Patrick, when you point a way. finger at somebody, you're actually pointing four fingers back at yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. When you were talking about white... Uh, White like uh, white people problems. How did these fools have any money? Oh my god! Did you Casey. think about that during the movie? Yes, all the fucking time. Yes, and I understand it's on the one hand, it's it's a movie. It doesn't really matter. But I'm like, Jesus Christ! Show them at a also, job once. Uh, that's what I was, you, I was. I was uh, explain that to me. Did you notice uh, in one scene, a scene where Murphy's being particularly obnoxious? Oh, you brought and I do like what Murphy was saying. We talked about it before about he wants to make a sentimental film about love or about sex, sex. A sentimental film about sex excuse me did you notice the shirt that he was wearing no what was it oh wait yes it was the fastbender metallica shirt right or exactly megadeth. it was the it was the uh i think you're right i think it's metallica i think it's metallica or was it megadeth regardless one of those one of those uh one of those shirts you almost bought or do you own that shirt i own the herzog danzig uh, shirt okay so yeah so i i don't know if this was started by a cinephile in west los angeles next to the new art or if someone else pioneered it that's but where i saw those shirts though for the first that's where i first saw them is in west la there's a video store called cinephile and they had these really cool <laughs> cool being a relative term these nerdy slash really cool shirts that were like directors last names in the font of some famous band so like scorsese was the scorpions otsu was i think like was oz otsu was ozzy uh herzog was danzig fastbinder was uh uh metallica and then ingmar bergman was iron maiden and then they had a bunch of cool I, you know so what, anyways, what, I was just like, this fucking douchebag. Well, the thing I do appreciate about this movie, they don't have a scene where they show him he, that he even made a movie or anything. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like there wasn't yeah, he's even, not, a, he's not even writing. He's not he's writing not. or making anything, but he's a filmmaker. And I thought that was mm-hmm. like kind of a funny, like making fun of film school kids. They take themselves so seriously, but it's like, you're actually nothing. You're just yeah. a little kid, you know? 
Um, I do kind of want to talk a little bit about the mechanics of the sex scenes. Yes. I cannot imagine being able to f- perform under these circumstances. I mean, maybe maybe these people <laughs> oh. are just built different, but I, it's they're like, built different, dude. Well, I just think Gaspar Noe is like a crazy man, and I yeah. would never. I don't. I'm not saying this is good, but I have a feeling that he created an atmosphere that didn't even feel like they were on set. Yeah, they they're probably like, right. And and um, Carl Glusman said in an interview. Um, the most people that ever saw his penis at any given time on set was six. Yeah. So it was a very, very intimate, intimate uh, set whenever they were filming these particular scenes. But I was just like, oh, my God. Like, because he's like always without, I don't know. He's always rock do, hard, man. He's just he's always, always rock, rock hard. hard. Yeah, he's just always fucking hard. It's like, what is going on? Like, how is he doing Maybe this? that's what was part of the casting process, you know? Yeah, I don't know. And apparently there was like, Gaspar Nuo or Gaspar Noé checked in with like a mutual friend or something. And she said that like something to the effect of he's really gifted because Gaspar Noé asked about his penis. Ah. <laughs> so he's really gifted. Uh, but one sequence that we haven't talked about that is also very, it's a very sustained sequence and thematically important is the threesome. The between... threesome. Because with Electra, Murphy, mm-hmm. and what's her face? I think her name is Omi. Omi. She, but she's an important character and she's actually in the beginning of the movie a lot and not so much at the end, but she is the one who gets pregnant because Murphy and Omi have a little side sex situation. Exactly. She was just yeah, supposed to be there for the threesome. The, mm-hmm. They had a little side sex situation. Yeah, Electra's out of town. Electra's knowledge. And that mm-hmm. was what, and the, his, the condom broke. We learned earlier she's very pro-life. And uh, so she's not going to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that sort of sets the course of his life going forward. So Casey, I'm going to ask you some uncomfortable questions. Oh God, here we go. Have you had a threesome? No, 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 I haven't. <laughs> Me neither. If you had a threesome, do you think, didn't they seem like they really kind of knew what they were doing? Yeah, it was very well choreographed. It was very well choreographed. And so I looked up later, I didn't type in threesome choreography, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how to googling how to, how to do, do a threesome <laughs> threesome <laughs> it's like remember when you should drop this in like the, the jerry and talking about the menage a trois situation i can't be a threesome guy <laughs> i'll have to start wearing scarves what are you talking about i'm not gonna do it you're not gonna do it what do you mean you're not gonna do it i can't i'm not an orgy guy <laughs> are you crazy <laughs> to become an orgy guy. It changes everything. I have to dress different. I have to act different. I have to grow a mustache and get all kinds of robes and lotions. And I need a new bedspread, new curtains. I'd have to get thick carpeting and weirdo lighting. Of course, I'd have to get new friends. I'd have to get orgy friends. No, I'm not ready for it. And, but apparently, in reading about this movie, very little of the sex was choreographed. It was very much improvised by the actors, which in the context, the threesome scene was like very, it's <laughs> a very hot scene. And I was yeah. just like, how did they It was like a ballet. So, yeah, it was like Maybe a ballet. Maybe they all it was had like their every, own personal experience they were bringing to that. Yeah, they all knew like where to go. Like they always knew what the, the next formation thing. Yeah, they always knew what the next move was going to be. The next move, it was like a undulating amoeba all one creature (laughs) yeah it was impressive and it featured a spectacular needle drop of Funkadelic's Maggot Brain which is one of my favorite (laughs) songs of all time and uh, perhaps the best guitar solo ever recorded by Eddie Hazel and George Clinton famously told Eddie Eddie Hazel in the recording of uh, Maggot Brain play like your mama just died and uh, that's how that's how Eddie Hazel played that guitar solo, and that's what this threesome was. That's what it felt like, to. certainly. Yeah, uh, yeah. There if Trisha great came to you right now movie. and was like, "I want a threesome," what would you say? Ooh, golly, you put me on the spot here. I'm putting Patrick. you on the spot. <laughs> I will just say this: I'll never do anything to ruin my relationship with my wife. So, okay. to be honest, I don't know what I would say, Patrick. Yeah, I think that's the appropriate response. Not that there is an appropriate... Well, there's probably an inappropriate one, but there there's a wide spectrum of appropriate responses yes. to that. Yeah. Would you get stressed in that situation? I think it'd be very do? stressful, yeah. It'd be very yeah. stressful. Um, I think... 
I would want to game plan it before. I'd want to, yeah, I'd want, yeah, I'd want <laughs> Which some Which is very sexy. Game. Yeah. <laughs> I'd want beat by beat uh, breakdown of movement and yeah, time signatures, storyboarding. <laughs> famously the hottest foreplay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Something that we can refer to if we get lost along the way, you know? <laughs> Some notes to help guide us. A compass, you yeah, know. What were we supposed to do there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Can we go back? Can we start over. Where's our north star? We need a compass, you know, to tell me which direction to go to. So. Yeah. Um. Great question, Patrick. Great. Thank um, you. Sorry to put you on the no, spot, but I, I feel like it. our listeners want to know these these. They do. They deserve to know these things. Patrick, yeah. we got to move on yeah. to the fartsy test. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's that time. This is Fart House. It's all about the fartsy test. This test is used to determine the fartiness of a movie, which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy a movie is. We continually add and subtract from this list. It is a living document, much like the Constitution, but much more important, which is why, Patrick, I'm getting a little bored of the is there any music question. I yeah, feel let's... like we need to change it to a sound design question, because that's what we're getting to at the heart of the matter, you know? What do is you there think? disorienting sound design? Disorienting sound design choices? That's good. Something disorienting like that. is very good. I put confounding, but disorienting is a better word for that. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Disorienting sound design. I would say yes. I think so too, because music and like the way it is edited to the, the sound drops out and it comes back up and you're like, ah, ah, ah. Because it's like editing yes, kind of fast exactly. and mm -hmm. jumping time and space, you know? I would say so. Yeah, and the levels are all over the place. They'll have they'll be just like one experience that's relatively tranquil, and then it'll be like jacked up to eleven to reference Spinal Tap, just like uh you know a minute or two later, like when they're in that. Would you go to a sex club? There, there's another. Would you go to a sex? Would club? I go to a sex club again? The answer to the question is I would never do anything to risk my marriage, mm -hmm. and I think if we were in a situation where this was, uh, yeah, I'd go. I'd go. Yeah. It seems I would fun. Go too. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You can just walk around. No. Like the cop said in the movie, he's like, I just walk around and watch. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked uh, what the cop was saying too was actually, uh, I love the sort of like, there were some very subtle digs in America, which were pretty great. The cop was telling Murphy to forget American feelings of possession and yes. ownership. Yeah. <laughs> he kept saying, it's beautiful. It's clean. It's clean. I feel relaxed. Calm, I balanced. walk around. We go all the time. Oh, when do you go? I don't know. Friday, Saturday, the weekends. It's fun. It's clean. Yeah, that was good. Guess, which I would care about. I, I'm glad he kept mentioning how clean it was because that would be my top concern. Oh, be my the God. I would slip and break my hip if there was any sort of liquids all around. You know, it's, it seems dangerous. It Is there suicide? Now, Patrick, we don't really know what happened to Electra. And no, we never they never resolve what happened to Electra, so which is the inciting could. sort of But incident. they say, like, she was suicidal, so we mm -hmm. don't know what happened there. Yes. So I'm going to say yes, just because it's, like, teased like that, you know? Yeah, the specter of suicide looms large throughout the picture, so I'd say yes as looming. well. Looming. Speaking of looming, does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? Yes. And yes, 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 yes. And a lot of ejaculate. A lot of ejaculate. Now, this is where I have to kind of ding Gaspar Noe a little bit. Okay. In the movie Enter the Void, there is a shot from inside of a vagina with a penis going into it at the camera from inside mm -hmm. the vagina. And they do that same thing in this movie. And I thought, they do. you don't have to do... Really? You're doing that again? Well, the only reason I won't ding him for it is because this was in 3D. So I think he like loved that shot so much. He's like, well, now I can do yeah, this in 3D. Yeah, and that penis would really well. There, I, I cannot now that I didn't know it was 3D, but upon mm -hmm. viewing, there had to be some like 3D ejaculate shooting right. Like I feel like I could reach out and grab it probably. If some you of those saw this dos. in 3D, it would it would be like someone was coming on your face. I would in hope like three separate scenes. I think they should do a 4D thing. You know, at those like uh, theaters where they like spray mist on <laughs> like people. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride at Disneyland. They could do. They should incorporate some sort of 4D situation there. Or like at uh, Soarin' Over California, you can smell smell the oranges. The oranges. Yeah, yeah. Oh God! Can you imagine smelling the? the It'd be kind of fun. Sex. Uh, <laughs> as long as I knew, as long as I knew it was some sort of the movie was chemical all, compound. But like, was, as compared to like the movie in the realm of the senses, which was like gross, and there was like food and like stink mm -hmm. and like old man penis in the mud. This was all very clean sex, and I will say 
they always wore a condom. Mm-hmm. And I thought that no, was... No, not always. Well, between... If it was a random lover, yes. he wore a condom. Yes, yes. Which mm-hmm. I appreciated that because, you know, some young college kids are watching this and they're like, I want to be like the people in love. And they were wearing condoms. So they were. good on you, Gaspar Noe. Good on I you. I did think, and maybe this is just my own experience, but it seemed like there was an inordinate amount of hand jobs. I uh, thought the exact of... same thing. I thought a couple would not be doing this many hand jobs. But for cinema's sake, I was I was letting my mind, you know, I was, uh, what do you call that, where you kind of stretch believability. It was... Um, a suspension of disbelief. It was a suspension of disbelief. There was a lot of hand jobs. Because the first scene is basically a long hand job, and they're both nude. Very long. <laughs> Very long. Are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I can't even... This is out. This is not a mainstream film. Do not show this at a party. Unless you're at some sex club. This unless could be, you're at a sex party. It it's pretty hot. It would actually look good at, as, at a sex club because it's a very pretty movie. It's shot it very, very well. It is very pretty. like the mm-hmm. colors a lot. Uh, yeah. Reminded me of Xavier Dolan or like even In the Mood for Love, the way it was shot. A, mm-hmm. uh, um, Lots of Juan like Carl burnt orange. Yeah, and, I really liked um, it. Warm tones. Yeah. yeah. Can Peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? Like we said, Peanut was as he was <laughs> up. His spine was uh, com- I watched, Lee and I watched perched. it together. He was up and Adam during this whole movie. Yes. Yeah. Lee and I watched it together and then nice. uh, it started to get late and I, I almost felt like I, I like this movie and I think Leah liked it too for the most part. But I was like, do you want to just <laughs> it's a lot. So I was like, do you want to take a break and watch Sopranos? <laughs> it's like, OK, so we watched Sopranos. Then I finished it. This, I finished the last uh, like 45 minutes. I this saw morning. Oh, so you weren't like, uh, do you want to go? Uh, I can finish this without you if you want to go to bed. <laughs> no, no. I don't I mind mean, finishing we... it uh, if you go in the other room. <laughs> there was nothing like that. No, no. See, at this all. is why I, I mean, watched I it in could... a separate room, door locked. And no. uh, I think it was it was kind of hot watching it together. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Well, I don't know what I was doing watching it by myself, door locked. Uh, no, I think I think I, there's no wrong way to watch love. <laughs> I would say don't watch it at a public library or on a Can, plane. What, is there a worse movie you could watch with your parents? I don't think so. Because the sections are so long and would you rather watch like four hours of like Sarah McLaughlin dog videos, like the, like the sad sort of puppies, or this with your parents? God, that's a tough choice. God Almighty, I don't know. They both sound. I think this horrible. just purely. I mean, excuse me, the dog videos. Even though it's four hours, like God. I just can't. I can't. Sure. Yeah. This would be. There's, there's not a more so movie. much penis and cum and vagina. <laughs> so much also there'd be something about watching this with my parents and it's like casey you went to film school there's something i don't like that there's any sort of correlation between me and the character you know <laughs> that my parents could potentially potentially draw is this is what it was like is this what it was like in los angeles is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so this could be retitled the 2013 we're the millers I would say yes. And there's just a lot yes. of like milling just in the fucking bedroom. About. There's fucking yeah. about and there's just a lot of talk bedroom talk which we count as milling mm-hmm. poster titillation level hi hello yeah very high <laughs> it's uh three people making out and it looks like there's cum on their tongues <laughs> is that an appropriate description patrick yes <laughs> i think so too if you made this movie would you say would you say mom i don't want you to see it or would you just make it and not say anything to her about I it? i would say mom don't watch this yeah. So Carl Glusman, the the actor that plays Murphy, told his mom and his sister to not watch it. He said, "Please do not ever watch this movie." Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're an actor in it. Yeah. <laughs> so you would be like, "Mom, I'm working on this movie. It's a little bit uh, out there. It's a little bit provocative. I I just and my mom would be like, I've seen, I've, I see art house movies all the time. It's fine if it's weird. I don't mind. And I'll be like, no." You if you were a father this. and your son said this to you, what would you do? Would you respect it or would you have to no, see it? No, I would respect him. You would? Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what's your score? 9.4. I was going to say 9.5. <laughs> Let's go 9.5. Because it's so graphic. But I will say it does make sense. I think it would be a 10 if it was like confounding. You know? I would say it's a 10 if it were over... Two and a half hours, or which it's more close. It's confusing. like two hours and fifteen it's minutes. It's close. It gets it flirts with ten, but it's pretty. It's easy to. It's not easy to follow. It's relatively straightforward as far as 
art house movies go. It's not, uh, if there was like some like horrible violence in it, I think it that might punch it up to a 10 for me. Also, I don't think, I mean, there's slow moments, but I don't call, I don't think this is a boring movie. I think if you have someone that has a high tolerance, it does feel very repetitive at times. Fantastic. Well, I think we're pretty in agreement about that. Patrick, to continue on with our Fart House Erotica Month, our favorite month of the year and one of the most celebrated months in America and internationally. Internationally. Uh, We're going to continue on that way. We're talking about a big one. And when I say big one, I mean the runtime is This is the longest movie we've discussed on the show. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We've breached it. We've breached the three-hour mark. Betty Blue. Now, Patrick, this is an erotic film, but why does it have a special place in your heart, even though you haven't even seen the movie? So I have not seen Betty Blue, so I'm giving away something from uh, next week's uh, episode. It has a special place in my heart because Betty Blue is very clearly, or there's a there's a movie. It's kind of a recurring joke slash element of this the popular television sitcom Seinfeld. There's a few episodes where they mention a movie called Rochelle Rochelle. A young girl's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Come on, we can still catch most of Rochelle Rochelle. Rochelle Rochelle, huh? A young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. And it is very clearly a movie that is, it's kind of inspired by all of those like early to mid 90s art house European erotic films. Uh, But Betty Blue seems to be the archetype for that, for Rochelle Rochelle. And so that is why this is a has a special place. In I've my seen heart, this movie, even I haven't seen it, and I'm excited to discuss it. There's a lot to get into with this. And okay, cool. It's a delightful film. Excellent. It's an erotic film. <laughs> One of my favorites. So Seinfeld actually has so many great fake movies. I mean, that's actually a real movie they mentioned in Seinfeld. But <laughs> one of my favorites is when Jerry's dating this like super hot model. And uh, they're trying to get into this movie. I forget what the movie they're trying to get into is. And uh, and so Jerry's <laughs> Jerry says to his girlfriend, go see what you can do. And Elaine's like, it's sold out. There's nothing you can do. I don't know. What is she going to do? He's like, just wait. And she comes back with two tickets and she's like, have fun seeing Blame It on the Rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this like <laughs> shitty movie. <laughs> I also, Elaine and her date could only get tickets to because everything else was so. <laughs> I also love which this is a line I think about and the delivery I think about a lot. It's death blow. They're seeing death blow, and that's the episode where Kramer brings a friend to the the movie and he the bootleg friend, the bootlegger, and. <laughs> Jerry's like, can I talk to you outside? Outside! And they're talking in the lobby, and they hear explosions, and Kramer goes, oh, man, we're missing the death blow! (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so funny. (laughs) Have fun watching Blame It on the Rain. Blame It on the Rain? (laughs) Jerry's delivery is so good. Now, see, I feel like... And Elaine is so irritated. I feel like he has un... I feel like people are like, oh, but Jerry Seinfeld's such a bad actor. I think Jerry's really good on the show. He just has to play himself, you know? Yes. I feel like I he gets he's... unfairly maligned. I think there are some episodes, there's some scenes where he's not great because it's the a certain part isn't, a certain line delivery isn't wit- written for who he is. Yeah. You know, when he has the good voice like this, it's like, that's not Jerry, you know? No, it's but he has when he's some... like being like, Sort of like, t- like when he does his, ah, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> like yeah, that no, kind of or he's delivery. like, see that I don't care for. Like he has yeah. some really good line <laughs> delivery when it's written yeah. correctly. Anyways, right. we digress. Anyways, yeah. That's our show. Betty Blue, Betty Blue we're doing it next week. That's our show. Follow us on Twitter, Farthouse Pod, Instagram, Farthouse Pod, Patrick on Twitter, at Patrick Armallon, Casey, at Casey Lee O'Brien on everything, Letterboxd, at Patrick R. Mallon. Venmo Patrick, Patrick Dash Mallon, if you want to sponsor a show and pick the movie we're talking about, we have to yes. prove it. But send us 100 bucks and we will talk about the movie. We've had two so far. We have Ooh. another one coming at the end of Hard House Erotica. So wow. Great get on that. Get, get on, on the train. That. Get really on the train. Fun. Really fun. Um, and become a patron of the farts. Lots of fun convos going on there. I think people are having fun. I think people, people think it's worth their five bucks fun. a month. Five bucks a month? Come on. That's nothing. Also, 
I should say it's more like it's it sounds kind of dorky to say like exclusive content, but there is a lot of fun exclusive content on there. Like people we post kind of like some weird goofy things that people can engage with. You posted and, the pictures uh, of your half-shaven face and Katie Walsh, mm-hmm. the esteemed film critic, wrote on mm-hmm. there, "Now this is the content I'm paying for." Or something like <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. Get in there. Maybe I'll do more wild and wacky things as we get with your body to, as we hit and your certain, body hair. Yes. Ooh, let's not. Oh, okay. Let's, as, as, let's as we get to certain benchmarks, I sure. can do something. I, have have you shaved hair? your chest before? Yeah, have you shaved your chest before? No, I haven't. I don't have Me that neither. hairy of a chest. Oh, you don't. I this have a is getting hairy into chest. territory that I don't know if you or I are comfortable with, but we'll we'll explore it if the money is right. If we get to hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna declare something. This is not going to happen, so that's why I'm not worried about it. If we get to 75 patrons by the end of February, I will shave half of my chest hair and post Patrick, it. that is... I think we're going to get to that. That's crazy of you to say. We're at 50 right now. I don't think we'll get 25 in the next... Oh, my God. Half your chest hair? But then people are going to have to look at that. It's scary. Katie herself said this is what she signed up for. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Katie Walsh wants this. All right, let me well, let me check with Leah. Okay, and then I'll you get check back in with the... Leah, but this is going in the episode, my man. Can't take it back when it's published online. Um, but that's it. That's our show. Patrick, a delight as always. Yes, a true pleasure. True pleasure. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, man. this is the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Patas, 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 patas.